Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns, and enjoy this shit show. Hello, hello, back once again at home. I mean, not like a real home, but where we do most of this. We're not in the bunker. I'm not Skyping. Feels good to be back. Yeah, location one. There's no uh, no full body cavity searches at this location, so. Yeah, they just. I, I think you miss that part of it, don't you? No. Right. No, no, miss that. That's Rooster. I'm Crow. Welcome. <laughs> See, I did that part for you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> then I'm doing see you bye. How's that? All right. No, I'm not. Before we get going, I had a couple things I just wanted to bring up. This is random thoughts I had. You ready? Sure. I know you were you were angry today when we were talking, so I'm hoping these will calm you down. All right? You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Tupac is the straight Jesse Smollett. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Was. Yeah. Uh, no, he and Elvis oh, are still alive. Yeah, still alive. Uh, Trainee Macho Man Savage is a mu- musical prodigy. Well, I haven't heard his his rap yet. Oh, I did. Zer rap. I'm sorry. Uh, I heard it. Is it is it pretty good? Um, I heard it. Okay, you should hear it on a on a level of one to cringe. What is it? Ooh, that's an inverted scale, isn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> you'll you'll just have to check it out. Uh, Stormy Daniels was worth every other penny. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I laughed? Because I was picturing you laughing while you were taking a drink. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Stormy Daniels was worth every other penny. Okay. Uh, no one knows how to spot racism better than a raging anti-Semite. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's a couple of them in Congress right now. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel is the best superhero ever. All right. Uh, you're, you're so lucky you're too far to strangle. Oh, this one's going to make you happy. Brie Larson is dreamy and reminds me of that national treasure, Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good thing I know you're facetious. No, I'm not. I'm yeah. serious. Brie Larson is, we'll be talking about this. She is um, playing Captain Marvel, which is the next up and coming superhero in the Marvel franchise. Best superhero ever. Yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, that's the promotion for her. It's, uh, it's kind of falling flat, but we'll talk about that later. Do you know how I know she is? Captain America told me so. Oh, yeah. Well. Yep. Okay. Well, let's get started on other subjects. All right. Fire away. You were all worked up today. Yeah, I listened to the some of the the <coughs> testimony of Cohen. Michael Cohen, is that his name? Uh, who is it? I'm sorry, I'm not familiar. <laughs> uh, Michael, right? Or is I, it Roger? I don't no, know. No, it's, it's Michael Cohen, I think. So uh, Trump's ex-lawyer, and he's testifying in front of Congress because they seem to think that uh, – He'll give them ammunition. The Democrats seem to think that he'll give them ammunition to uh, to justify beginning impeachment proceedings. That's pretty much what this is all about. Um, they're just kind of desperate at this point. They everything he has to say, he said. Otherwise, he you know he would have used it to not go to jail. He's and going, by he's going and by prison. desperate, you mean justified in their in their yeah. Well, that's what the left likes. Righteous to, rage. That's what the left likes to do. They're they're all about. Um, replacing language words and, and replacing language to mean something else that if they're in control of the language, they're in control of pretty much everybody and everything. And that they've, they've done a lot with the, with controlling language. As soon as, um, it fits their narrative, they take it. Or if it doesn't fit their narrative, they'll just twist it to fit their narrative, uh, a word or a phrase. So that and replacing racist, uh, uh, homophobic presidents. That's what they're into too. That's yep. That's what they do. So, uh, so I was listening, I was driving around and listening and I heard, um, the part with, uh, representative Rashida Tlaib from what is it? Uh, girl, Michigan power. girl power. Yeah. And, and she, uh, didn't outright call, um, the Republican from North Carolina, Mark Meadows, uh, a racist. She didn't outright call him a racist, but she heavily, heavily implied it. So heavily that you really couldn't uh, misconstrue it for anything but 
<laughs> no, um, she said she wasn't calling him a racist. Yeah. So I'm going to play a little bit of this if you don't mind. Um, it's not. It's not. A, it's not short. This is about five minutes. We'll interrupt it. I mean, I'll play little sections of it. And we'll talk. Oh, right. Of course, you would interrupt a woman talking, wouldn't you? Yes, and I will mansplain. God damn it. Is that, right. why you're, is that why your foot is up on the desk right now? <laughs> and I got a towel between my legs, and I'm just <laughs> just scrubbing the balls, just drying them off. Drying them. I just came out of the shower. I know it's offensive. All right. That's, I had, a, I had a, a, a coach. Is that man's spread-splaining? I had a coach for a sporting event. I won't name which, which sporting um, um, team I was part of, but I had a coach that uh, would come out of the shower – and he'd do that. He'd put a leg up on the bench, and then he'd, like, take the towel off his shoulder and slap it between his legs and catch it. And then he'd just do the front to back on his balls. <laughs> Plain view of everyone. <laughs> was it Was it Jerry Sandusky? <laughs> no, he, was, he, he wasn't a perv. That's what's funny. I mean, there's, no, there's no two ways about this. This guy was a man's man. And he didn't care if, sure. anybody, if these boys were around checking out his big old swinging balls getting rubbed by a towel. <laughs> and then he took the towel and held it on your face. What so isn't that funny? And All you right. guys laughed and laughed. We laughed and laughed and then we cried. All right. <laughs> so here's a little bit of uh, Rashida Tlaib questioning, well, supposedly questioning Cohen, the lawyer, but uh, getting a dig in on this Mark Meadows. I, it was her explaining her righteous anger. There we go. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they aren't racist. And it is insensitive that some would even say it's the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black woman, in this chamber, in this committee, is alone racist in itself. Donald Trump is setting. Mr. Chairman, I ask that her words be taken down. President, I reclaim my time. Mr. Chairman, all right, stopping here. So she's reading a statement and she's stumbling over it because she's a fucking dimwit, right? And uh, that she, did you hear that little laugh she did when she was saying it? Uh, I heard that as her emotion catching in her throat. Oh, so it was kind of like that Ford testimony where she was like, you know, crying without crying. It was traumatic for her. Where what was it? Was it indelible in her hippocampus? Yeah, but did you also notice that she is <laughs> seated below uh, Congressman Meadows? So they seated her below, and that's obviously because it's not because she's a junior. Uh, that's because she's member. a woman. Yes, right. it's because she's uh, a woman of color. Yeah. Um, so so she she sniggers uh, and stumbles. Oh oh. oh. <laughs> You can't, you can't do that. Uh, and then uh, goes on, and then she does this, which really pisses me off. The reclaiming my time. That's something that started, as far as I know, um, with Maxine Waters. Remember that clip? There was some sort of hearing happening in the last year, and I can't recall which one it was. Otherwise, I would have pulled it up. Where she says something outrageous or stupid, like she's wont to do, and then someone interrupts her. Maybe it's even the person she's questioning, trying to trying to you know say, "Hey, you're you're misconstruing or what?" And she shouts over him, and then the the chairman of the committee starts talking, and somebody else and starts trying to hey say, "Hey, we have to we have these um the rules, or we're gonna we're gonna you know vote on something, whatever they're gonna do." And she just keeps shouting over and over again, "Reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time." And it's just like after about the fifth one, you just want to reach through the fucking radio or TV and just fucking backhand her. It's it's so annoying. And it I've never heard anybody else do that. I'm sure that's part of the you know, the the rules of the of the committees and all that, that they that they get to reclaim time. But the way she did it was so fucking juvenile. So I mean not even juvenile, it was just childish. I believe they're called points of parliamentary procedure. Beautiful. Yes. But uh, And, you know, you going after Maxine Waters like this, I can't tell if you're racist, sexist, or if you just don't like old people. Because she is old. Yeah. Yeah, she's ancient. There's a lot of ancient women in, well, and men in, uh, in the government and Congress. So, But uh, back to my point. So this uh, Rashida Tlaib is reclaiming my time almost exactly like me. And I'm surprised she only said it once. But that... But then she just kind of like barrels through, like just raising her voice and basically trying to shout down. And these these cucked dudes just back down. So, all right, we're going to continue here. The president, Mr. Chairman, the highest office can be Mr. Chairman, the rules are clear. Cover up and hold on to business assets to break campaign finance laws and constitutional. Just clauses. barrel through with that screechy voice. Here, 
Mr. Chairman, is criminal conduct and the pursuit of the highest public office by Mr. Cohen and individual one. So those Mark Meadows guys, they got a split screen now and he looks really, really body. pissed off. And, in Congress, and I'm waiting. Okay. I was, and I didn't, I just heard this Thank on you, the Mr. Chairman. I yield the rest of my time. Uh, I'm going to pause here. So I was, I wasn't watching this. I was listening to it. Um, but watching this, you see the guy, he looks pissed off. He takes his glasses off. He's got this really stern look on his face. And then his response is, wah, wah. it's like so fucking milk toast. but we'll get into it. Here we go. It's Mr. Chairman, I ask that her words, when she's referring to an individual member of this body, be taken down and stricken from the record. I'm sure she didn't intend to do this. But if anyone knows my record as it relates, it should be you, Mr. Chairman. Chairman, I, I, I would like to... Hold on. I want the words read no, no, back. No, 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 no. No, we want to know exactly no, what she said. Me. So that's another representative, and he—he's uh, what's his name from Ohio, and he—I can't remember, but he realizes, oh, she fucked up, and he wants it. And then Elijah Cummings, who's the chair, um, who's another—I don't want to get into that. Another upstanding fine black man. Yes, and he—he's—he uh, he, uh, says absolutely not. We're not going to have a read back because he realizes that didn't come out very good at all, and. He's gonna he's gonna go out of his way to try to provide cover for her, and part of that is saying, "Well, no, no, we're not gonna read that back. We're, I'm gonna let her um, uh, say it say it differently, is what he wants." But the problem is, she's she's so fucking dumb. She goes, "No, I wrote it down. I'll, I'll say it again," <laughs> even though he doesn't want her to. This Elijah, even Elijah Cummings, who's on her side, doesn't want her to say that because he knows how bad it sounds. But she just barrels through because she's a fucking idiot. All right, here we go. About a colleague. Excuse me. Would you like to rephrase that statement, Ms. Talib? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I can actually read it from here. <laughs> the look on his face. On, on just Elijah to make face. a note, Mr. Chairman, that just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they are racist. And it is insensitive that someone would even say racist, say say it is racist in itself, and to use a black woman as a prop to mo- to prove it otherwise. And I can submit this for the record. If a colleague Boy, is she's thinking eloquent, that that's huh? what I'm saying, I'm just saying that's what I believe. I'm not to saying, happen. but I'm saying. If, as a person of color in this committee, that's how I felt at that moment, <laughs> and I wanted to confront Just look at her like, but bitch, I just tried to give you an out. <laughs> what the fuck is you doing? <laughs> and I think that's Jim Jordan from Ohio that said he wanted it read back okay. in. And I'm yeah. sure he's sitting there just going, yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sitting here watching the video, and it and. On the radio, I was just furious. I was I was actually screaming at the radio. I was like calling her every name in the book and just getting pissed. And then, uh, but I, every name, every name. Okay. And then uh, I, <laughs> you're trying to push my buttons. Did you like how I'm angry I was when I when I talked to you after after I saw this? Do you want me to get to that point again on the podcast? Is that what you're waiting for? I don't know. I I don't recall. Okay. Um. Uh. So. Watching it though is actually more amusing because you get to see Elijah Cummings like the look on his face. He's like, "Oh my God, I, I'm trying to help you here. What are you doing? Shut up!" So it's pretty good. All right, continuing on. Not calling the gentleman, um, Mr. Metal, a racist. Talk about smirk so, on I'm your face. That in itself, it is a racist act. Well, I hope not, Mr. Chairman, because I need to be clear on this well, particular, Mr. Chairman. Mr. 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 Meadows, wait a minute. I, I've defended you no, at, no, uh, no, about Mr. Meadows, with false accusations. Mr. Meadows, I'm the chair. Yes, sir, you are. Thank you. Right. I will clear this up. <laughs> now, Ms. Salib, is it, I want to make sure I understand. You did not, you were not <laughs> intending to call Mr. Meadows a racist. Is that right? No, Mr. Chairman, I do not call Mr. Meadows a racist. No, no. I am trying, well, minute, as on. a person of color, Mr. Chairman, just... Did he just say, woman, hold on? How I felt at that back moment. that up. All right, hold on. And oh, hold on. Woman, hold on. Let me back this up. All right. Those are racist. Is that right? No, Mr. Chairman, I do not call Mr. Meadows a racist. No. I am trying well, minute, as a person of color. <laughs> like I said, Chairman, it was wait a minute, but it was so fast and how that, he didn't, that, that he didn't enunciate. So it was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So it sounded like woman, but that's uh, kind of ebonics. It sounded like he said, women, hold on. Yeah. Woman, hold on. <laughs> but it was, wait a minute. But it was like a really fast. All right. Moment. And so just for the record, that's what was my intention. All right. Oh, he's, yeah. he's satisfied now. Mr. Meadows. Mr. Meadows. Mr. Chairman, there's nothing. <laughs> I'm going to stop again because I'm watching the video now. 
and I'm watching Cohen. And they cut away to Cohen, and the look on this fucking guy's this doughy fucker's face is just like, yeah, you've got it down pat. He's, he's just like, what's going on he's like, here? He's like looking like left and <laughs> like like uh, watching a tennis match. But you know, in his defense, that's how he always looks. Yeah, he's got that st- just stupid look on his face. But I mean, they cut it at the right time where he's going like, what the fuck's going on here? It's that look on his face. It's he has good. a doughy deer in the headlights look. That's the look. Yep, picture that. That's him. All right, here we go. More personal to me than my relationship. My nieces and nephews are people of color. Not many people know that. You know that, Mr. Chairman. And to indicate that I asked someone who is a personal friend of the, the Trump family, who has worked for him, who knows this particular individual, that she's coming in to be a prop, it's racist to suggest that I ask her to come in here for that reason. Mr. President, the president's own person she's a family member she she loves the, i was yelling family. at the radio she at, at this point she too felt like the president of the united states was at this guy falsely accused and, and mr chairman you are you and i have a personal relationship that's not based on color and and to even go down this direction is, is wrong I guess in my throat. first of all Cock. i want to thank you <clears> excuse me all right for <laughs> what you have stated um if there's anyone who is sensitive with regard to race is me. Son of former sharecroppers that were basically slaves. So I, I get it. Um, I listened very carefully to Miss Tully, and I think, and I, I don't want to, I'm not going to put words in I her mouth, cover. but I think she said that she was not calling you a racist. And I thought that we could clarify that. Because, you, Mr. Meadows, you know, uh, and of all the people on this committee, oh my God, this uh, guy. I've said it so, and got in trouble for it. I'm watching Meadows now. And you're one of my best friends. Basically on the verge of tears. I know shocks a lot of people. And, and likewise, Mr. Yeah. Oh, but you are. Yeah, breaking, his voice breaking. I would do, and I could see and feel your pain. I feel it. And so, because everything's about feelings, right? Yep. Who can feel harder? Who can be a bigger fucking victim? So this is the statement, Miss Salib. I'm going to yield to you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and and to my colleague, Mr. Meadows. That was not my intention, and I bullshit. She's backtracking right now a little bit. That's what it sounded like. Bullshit. She finally realized. Oh fuck! Elijah Cummings is sitting here, bending over backwards, trying to cover for me. So I better, I better walk back what I'm saying a little bit. And uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, for allowing me to clarify. But again, I said someone. And again, I, those I not referring to this is just nonsense. at all as a racist. Oh, this is nonsense. I, I thank the gentlewoman for her comments. I thank the chairman oh. for uh, working. Now, this part I didn't hear. They, they stopped and, uh, on the radio. And I, I appreciate the, the, the chairman's uh, intervening. All right. No, what he should have said was, I'm not taking that from a raging anti-Semite. Beautiful. That's that'd what been, he should have said. That would have been perfect. Yep. Um, and and he would have been well within his rights to say that it wouldn't it wouldn't just be a great dig and, and funny as shit to say that true. it'd be absolutely true. So God, he just that was a great opportunity. But you know what? These fucking wishy washy cucked Republicans. That's what they are. That's what they do. And that's why they are so fucking weak and they don't get shit done. And they're they're basically Democrat light. And and we and I vote for these motherfuckers holding my nose almost all the time, especially in Minnesota. I mean, we, we had a plenty basically give up the seat, uh, to Franken because he wouldn't fight for it. Fuck him. Fuck the wishy washy Republicans. What, what are you talking about? Franken that? got elected, uh, from, uh, he got his, his seat in the Senate. Oh, wait, was it, uh, it was in plenty. Was it? Was it, it was Coleman? Col- I'm sorry, Coleman. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. Sorry, Coleman. So Coleman. There was a lot of discrepancies on, in the vote, right. and it was only by a few hundred votes, and there was just all kinds of bullshit happening. Well, he originally won, and then they kept finding right, votes. Right, they kept finding votes in the trunks of, trunks of cars and boxes mm-hmm. in someone's garage, all that kind of stuff. Um, all these, like, just basically votes that were not allowable. And he just, him and his team on the Republicans just said, well, you know, it's a good fight. Here you go. Here's here's the vote Obama needs to get Obamacare. Well, in Coleman's defense, I, I will generally agree with you. In that particular case, um, he did fight it through one set of appeals, and he lost it. And his point was, when they asked him, why would you give up? He goes, 
I don't have the money to fight this. He goes, I, I can't pay for this legal fight. Well, it wasn't just him, though. It was him and, and the Republican Party and everybody. I mean, everything involved in this. This, was, this should have been a bigger fucking fight. Well, I agree, but he personally couldn't bring that fight on. He didn't have, he didn't have the money to do that. Yeah. So the Republican Party should have backed him on that. I agree that these guys are cucking out. And like we had talked about before, um, when you were uh, – I thought you were going to have to pull your car over. Yeah, I was raging pretty hard. So much. Uh, I think – that the point you brought up was valid. That you know Trump's way of fighting this is winning. Yeah. And too often in the past, the Republicans have McCained out and been like, you know, well, my good friends on the other side of the aisle, they may be friends. In fact, I think they are. Um, and I brought this up when we were talking about um, Cummings, which I'll get back to. But I, I think that you know it's like. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight kind of thing. And Trump is the one who said, that's how you want to play it? Let's play it. You know, when they say stuff like, you know, oh, you're uh, you're a racist and a sexist and a pig. And he'll come back with, well, you're an idiot. And then they go, listen to the listen to the rhetoric of this campaign. No, you started it. You he probably shouldn't have to finish it like this because you shouldn't be acting like a child. But when you do and he responds in kind, don't don't blame him, you know. But, but he came across as so fucking weak. Yeah, and, he did. And it's just that's the problem in a nutshell with with a lot of the Republican Party. But but here's what I'll say to get back to this Cummings thing. Cummings thing. I think I've always said all of these people, uh, senators and uh, representatives, they're all friends. They all hang out together in Washington. They get on Meet the Press and Face the Nation and George Stephanopoulos' show, and they fucking go at each other. Like, you know, because they stir up their base, Republicans and Democrats. And then when they're done, they all go hang out together again. I mean, Joe Biden didn't think it was any big deal to say, look, I had friends who were, you know, in the Senate who were Republicans. He goes, I had friends because that's a reasonable thing to say. And uh, he got called out for it and people saying, well, I better not run now because I won't vote for him. And I think between these three, you see that dynamic going. Meadows and Cummings are friends, according to those two. So I'll believe it. And, uh, you know, they're not, they're not calling each other names in these things. They're not doing that, but she does. And Cummings is sitting there, bitch, please. Are you kidding me? And so Meadows is going, I'm not going to sit here and take this. So he jumps in. Cummings has to try and untangle this. And Tlaib steps in it again. And Jim Jordan, I'm pretty sure it was Jim Jordan, goes, hey, can we, can she say that again? Can we put and that in so the record? And she's so fucking dumb and she's, that she volunteers it. I know. Ilhan Omar, uh, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, these types who are like, are going to show, I'm going to show everyone how fierce I am. I'm a beast. I'm going to go after this. So, so she's going to repeat all this shit. She has no, I, I agree with you that they've relied too much on the decorum and all that. If people are going to start pulling out knives, you got to start pulling out guns. Hold Trump. But what I think is happening, and this is, I've mentioned this before when we had Sparrowhawk on. Nancy Pelosi's got a tough job. I don't I don't mind that she does. But she's got these new incoming representatives who are like, I'm not playing by yeah, those they're, rules. They're basically Fuck saying, you. Why, why rules? Fuck the rules. And some of the older ones are going, you can't keep doing this because you're messing this up. And that happened right there in front of them. And he was he was doing everything he could to say, okay, you want to restate that, don't you? And she's like, uh, sure, I'll read it again. And he's just, you can tell he's going, oh, my God, that's not what I said. Yeah, I think someone got to her and whispered in her ear and says, you, you got to walk that back. Yeah. He wants you to walk it back. Oh, I didn't. And she can tell she's like, she's, just, she's so smug and self-assured that she doesn't get it. She doesn't even, she, and, and she's, and they're like, the like AOC and her um, and uh, Omar they're so, they they're so into themselves and they're they've been told how great they are that they really have no social conscience of what other people around them are are feeling uh, like emo- they're almost like sociopaths in that in that manner where they they don't quite understand um emotions from others they just care about themselves and how they feel well uh blonde had that video about uh you know women have been coddled too much and told they can do everything yeah. and and uh, did did we talk about that before? We kind of um, hinted at it. I but. think I, I think I did last. I think last podcast I mentioned that Blonde had that. It wasn't my idea. This was from yeah. Blonde and, and some other um, women podcasters. But she basically said, you know, these these women are told, you know, 
you you can do anything you want and you know it's great to be encouraging but at the same time i remember when my oldest was like nine or ten he was saying dad anything's possible if you put your mind to it i'm like no no it's not (laughs) like it's it's not putting your mind to it it's working hard and you know, yeah, this isn't just uh, picking on women. It's just, it's just the fact is that a, a lot of these uh, women are getting the, the, they're getting this treatment that's not good for them. Well, because, because it's this women. intersectional Olympics. Yeah, you know, it's this whole idea of well, you're a woman and you're a person of color, and, and you're so, fierce. Yeah, and you're fierce, you yeah. beast. So you go, girl. And no one has said anything to them along the lines of "Hey, dummy," until they got here. Yeah. I said it before. No one has Simon Cowell them and said, you can't sing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're getting these people, and I'm not saying women in general, but I personally believe uh, that those three, uh, and I've been, I didn't, I've said this before, I didn't think so with AOC at first, but I've, you've changed my mind. I think those three just aren't very smart. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with being women. There are plenty of people in Congress, other men who aren't very smart. I just think these three, they're punching above their weight class, and they shouldn't be doing that. And it's it's a it's a matter of the the promotion, this intersectionality, uh, promotional kind of like uh, uh, people of color, like like uh, uh, Mark Meadows said, my my nieces and nephews are people of color or something. Like shut the fuck up with the terminology from the left. Enough with matter. that. Yeah, that has absolutely nothing don't, to do with what just happened. Don't here. try and prove that you're not a racist. Yeah, because you and have then, to and then say turn around right. and go, you're the racist. Shut up with that too. It's like enough. I don't mind if he comes back with you're the racist. Yeah, I mean, but it, but it just the way he did it was just so it was so sad sack. Yeah, you know, and and if you're gonna fucking cry, take a break. And, and slam your fist on the table, cover it. Like if you're turning red, make it look like rage. If you're yeah. a man, instead instead of like I'm about ready to cry, biting my lip, I'm crying. No, don't do it. Yeah, if he'd have said, if he'd have said, listen, I'm not taking that from an anti semite. That would have been perfect. That actually oh, would have been, been perfect. Because yeah. she is. Yeah. So, so. all right. Well, that kind of segues over to the. Well, it kind of segues over into Captain Marvel. Does it really? It does. Okay. All right. We were, we're skipping ahead a little bit in our in our in our notes here, but um, you brought it up, I think, didn't you, Captain Marvel? You uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, the I think everybody listening to this probably has at least seen one or two of the Marvel superhero films. I mean, you can't be an American and not have at least seen the advertisements for them. But you know what? They're all leading up to this one. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Marvel did a really incredible thing with, uh, with their, um, cinematic universe. They call it the Marvel cinematic universe, MCU. They started with Iron Man and then they just worked their way forward to this kind of crescendo, crescendo, sorry. Um, of, and it, and it took a lot of, a lot of separate moving parts, different, you know, things coming together. That was, is really impressive. To make this work, DC tried it, and they they flubbed it pretty bad. <laughs> they made some good movies. Though. They made some, but they couldn't. There wasn't. There's was no. It wasn't cohesive because they couldn't make it mesh. They couldn't make it work. The timelines weren't right. The you know the directors they they were switching directors in the middle of movies and stuff. It was just terrible. It didn't work out. No, um, it wasn't cohesive. But I will say, and I I honestly believe of all of the. DC movies I saw in this arc. I'm not talking about the Christian Bale ones because I like those, the Dark Knight ones. But of the stuff they have there, I thought Wonder Woman was a really good movie. Yeah, it, it was a good movie that that suffered in its, in its third act and the uh, the because they relied too heavily on CGI that wasn't very good. Yeah, and I didn't see. Uh, but it was a good movie. I didn't see the Aquaman movie. Yeah, I, it was it was fun. It was a fun movie, and it the the CGI was stunning. Was really good. Was amazing. I thought. And it was a kind of a light-hearted, you know, uh, uh, movie with great visuals and not the greatest bad guys. So that kind of suffered in that department. Well, I thought um, the Superman Man of Steel one was okay. I thought the Batman versus Superman was stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the one where they were all together? Justice League. Justice League. It was okay. I it, still it, it had that was another one that had really bad CGI's. A bad um, uh, um, the bad guy that they had to fight was just a. It made no sense. He was he was kind of pointless. He didn't. Ha- he was all CGI, and it was noticeably CGI. Yeah, and um, I, I 
I just can't buy. And they and they replaced they they did the Flash completely wrong. The character of the Flash. Yeah, um, I can't it buy was uh, horrible. I can't buy Ben Affleck as Batman. I just can't. Yeah, I, I thought I could, but he he quit and, now. He's done. And the guy who played the Flash, Flash was, was terrible. Was absolutely horrible. Just terrible. Uh, and he's a real fucking freak in real life too. So the that only help. the only scene he was good in is when Bruce Wayne first meets him. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, one like maybe a thirty second scene. Yeah, um, but well, but back anyway, back Captain to what Marvel. we were saying. So. So uh, they've been working at this since Iron Man. I don't know how many years ago that was, and working up to this kind of like big payoff with the uh, the Avengers movies, the final act basically for all the main characters that they're building up. Yeah, the end game they call it. Yeah, it's going to be anticlimactic. But, after, but then they decided, Captain Marvel. Yeah, they decided to bring in Captain Marvel because she's awesome. Yeah, and and I, I've talked about this, but this is quite a while ago. I've talked about this, but it, this is a character in the comics that's been around for a long time. Started out as um, um, Captain Marvel was a man, and he was an alien or whatever, and it was Marvel was his name, but they just called him Captain Marvel. Um, that character was kind of like a D-list character. Nobody really didn't gain any traction, and then like Shazam. For yeah, kind of. I mean, no, he's actually bigger. Captain that Captain Mar, he's Captain Marvel for DC. And that's a, he's actually more well known. Um, but then, uh, there was a black woman named Monica Rambo that had the mantle of Captain Marvel for a while. She wore like an all white outfit. Um, and she was another, like, never really an A or B list, kind of a C or D list, um, character. And then, um, they had the Ms. Mar or Captain Marvel. I think she started out as, she was Ms. Marvel. And they promoted Captain Marvel because they wanted to. This was when they started the uh, social justice warriors started infiltrating Marvel Comics, and they just started. About when? What year? It was a few years ago, maybe five, four or five years ago. <coughs> that they they were they were in they were kind of infiltrating in the editorial and the artists and all that kind of just kind of like metastasizing back then, and then it kind of came to a head if maybe two years ago, mm -hmm. where they just kind of like just full force just came out and just started. You know, it, the editing was shit because the editors were all these just uh, young girls that were uh, Ethan Van Skyver, uh, comic artist, Pro Secrets on YouTube. He goes, he's got great commentary on all this because he worked for Marvel and DC, and he talked about all the bullshit <laughs> that was going on there. Uh, he's a he's a out Republican, and he said, yeah, he was basically blacklisted. And his Twitter game is oh, he's, mad crazy. He's funny man. Oh, he's funny. He's brutal too. But uh, anyway. Um, Back to what she is. She's she's a character that Marvel realized they don't have like a flagship female character like DC does with with Wonder Woman, and they don't. They have some really well like beloved characters in Marvel that are women, but they're all associated with the team. So the X Men has Storm and Kitty Pride, Shadowcat, um, and there's the Avengers has have Wasp Hellcat or something like no, that. No Wasp and. Uh, um, Scarlet, uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. Um, Hellcat's in one of them that had like Beast and all yeah, that. Yeah, but stuff she, Hell, no, Hellcat's like a nobody. She's like, I actually doesn't even have powers. She's a very low level character. Okay. You're thinking of somebody else. But anywho, the, uh, they, they, they do have good women characters, but they're not like standout lone title characters. So they decided we need to have that. So they decided to start promoting, uh, Ms. Marvel, maker Captain Marvel. And then kind of retroactively say within the comics, hey, everybody knows she's the greatest superhero. Everybody loves her. And, and, and so you, you get a pick up an issue of whatever comic that she appears in, you know, because they cross contaminate each other, these comics. Yeah. So, um, Miss Marvel comic didn't have it. She didn't have her own comic for a while there. And so they introduced her to some storyline. I can't remember what it was because I hadn't been collecting comics at this point, but it was. Uh, some big event because they have these big events where all these superheroes get together and and fight. You know, like what's going on in the movies right now. Um, and she was she was they brought her in to kind of be to, to spotlight her and make her uh, integral to it, so that they could say, "See, see, she's the main female superhero. She's the most powerful character right now in in the, in the in this Marvel universe, uh, or one of the most, and and everybody loves her. And and so what they do is they'd write these stories and they go. Um, they'd have like a, a, a panel with a news person, like a, from a news show going, and, and Captain Marvel showed up, everybody's favorite superhero. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of stuff was going on. It's like, and you're reading this go, wait a minute, when did she become everybody's favorite? Nobody even fucking knows who she is. 
So that's the kind of shit they were pulling. Now, that alone is kind of annoying, but you can see why they did it, right? It makes sense. They just wanted to kind of get that and quickly elevate a character. Well, and they wanted everyone to know how awesome she is. Yeah. But then they started pulling this even more SJW shit where she was way too feminine. You know, they... Her body, her skin tight suit, big boobs, you know, wide hips that just, they weren't having that. That was just very, the male gaze was problematic. So what they started doing between the editorial, the writers and the artists, they started masculinizing her, butching her, cutting her hair. She had like shaved hair, um, um, getting rid of her hips, getting rid of her bust. Um, so they made her into Squirrel Girl. <laughs> yeah. And there's versions of Squirrel Girl that's actually kind of cute, like a cute and character, but they really bastardized that too and kind of mongol- mongolized her. Mongrel? Not mongol. I can't. Yeah, mongolized, yeah. I think. Um, but she, uh, so, so they, they just started making her look more and more masculine and acting more and more masculine. And that can't, and the character's name is Carol Danvers. Yeah. And so that's what Major. They, yeah, that, that's where that joke started coming into play. Where it was a couple of years ago, they started um, all the people in in the um, the right side of comic books um, um, were saying, calling her uh, Carl Manvers, <laughs> and that that kind of stuck too, and because they were butchering her up so much, and uh, so all this this nonsense going on with her, they've re they've launched her book multiple times and it just cannot it just fails every time they get to about six issues in the sales you know first issue sells a lot because first issues always sell in comics because people collect them but then it just nose dives after that and so what they do is they they take a little break and then they reboot it with another artist or another writer or both and they've been doing this nonstop because they can't get traction with this character because it's not a good character the way they've been writing writing her um, I mean, some of the storylines were just fucking ridiculous. So, and, uh, and then they did another, uh, a storyline just recently where she had a nervous breakdown in the middle of a fight, started hyperventilating, had, couldn't even had to leave and go back to her hometown and visit her family and her mother and everything. And, and just to, you know, just to collect herself. And it's like, that's the, that's the big super, you know, the captain Marvel, the, 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 mantastic ass kicking, you know, um, leader. And they just didn't know what to do with her. They, whatever they did failed. And so now that they have her in the movies, they're shoehorning her into the movies as, and it better not be her as the great savior of, of the, of all the heroes. And and she's the one that beats uh, Thanos. Um, you know, it's going to be, but they shoehorn her in. She's got her own movie coming out in between the last um, um, Avengers movie. Endgame. And then the next Avengers movie, which is – what's I thought that was Endgame. The one we just watched. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Infinity Wars. Okay. Infinity Wars was like a part one. And then right. Endgame. But in between that, they're sandwiching um, Captain Marvel. Right. And they're putting it in the 1980s mm-hmm. or 90s. Yeah. Somewhere there. Um, so that it doesn't fuck with the timeline here. But then that proves, well, she was around before all the Avengers. See? See how that works? Oh, I get it. She's awesome. So they're doing that. And that's a problem. But the biggest problem on top of it right now is that. You mean there's a bigger problem? Brie Larson, the actress they chose to play her, is a raging bitch. <laughs> Are you just saying this because she won't return your calls? Yeah, and she has resting bitch face all the time. Um, she's one of the one of the things people were talking about is how wooden she looks and how wooden she acts in all the trailers. Amazing Lucas was talking about some cartoon TV show that he watched and that had a character named Plank mm-hmm. in it. He goes, Plank had more range than she did. <laughs> I was just looking at her IMDb while you were talking. Yeah. And other than Trainwreck, where she was... Uh, she won an Oscar Amy for Schumer's- The Room. She did? Yeah. She won an Oscar. She won an Oscar, yep. What the fuck? So that's how she got her name out. It was like a little film about her being trapped in a room by some dude. So, and having a, raising a kid. She was like in a, I don't know if it was a sex, I don't, I didn't watch it. Who, who fucking cares? But anyway, she, she's been coming out and doing all kinds of nonsense, like uh, interviews and stuff. And yeah. just the whole feminist uh, intersectionality, hear me roar bullshit that nobody wants to fucking hear. And, uh, like here's, um, 
uh, one of her quotes is here recently is, I don't want to hear what, what a white man has to say. Um, this was not the most recent quote, but this was in regards, and I, we talked about this before. There was a movie called A Wrinkle in Time made. Yeah. Um, it was an ad- ad- adaptation made by a black uh, director, woman, female woman. And she basically took this story and said um, she's creating a movie for uh, little kinky-haired girls everywhere, which is basically code saying this movie's for black girls. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's a wrinkle in time. That <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an, I hate to use this word iconic yeah, but it's an iconic and, sci-fi book from and it's, it's a it's a white author who wrote from his experience of being a white guy right so he he wrote his characters were white characters um, in a time where there wasn't a lot of multi um, cultural stuff going on in the in the country and he he also wrote a follow up um, story that was very heavily biblically influenced. That was um, where the, it was the first one was science fiction. It it dealt with dimension hopping basically. And the second book dealt with time travel and the the two brothers, the two twin brothers that aren't really in the first movie, they time travel back to the period of uh, Noah when Noah's building his ark. And I read this story and it was, it was really interesting because it was, it was basically talking about the different angels, the Nephilim and the Seraphim and all kind. It was really kind of interesting if you're not a religious person and learning kind of these terms and, and, and where they fit into the um, the history of the Bible. Because he was very – he was a religious um, – right? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Can I can't you look it up? Either. Yeah, I'll look it up. It's strange. But anyway, so so it's got, it's got a history to it, right? A wrinkle in time. Um, it's got – it's tied to a culture. And so what this woman did was said, I don't fucking... Hope Larson. Okay. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, that's the graphic novel. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a... Wrinkle in Times by Madeline... Lingle. Lingle. Maybe it was a woman. I'm sorry. I keep saying dude. Yeah, Madeline Lingle. Yeah, sorry. Maybe Madeline is trans. Okay. (laughs) I mean, just othered Madeline. I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have known better. But anyways, this woman takes this story, this property, and, and just uses the name to promote an agenda of her own because she doesn't have an original story to, to, um, to, sh- to, sh- to show that, uh, you know, little kinky hair girls everywhere can be brave or whatever, you know, make up your own fucking story. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if this would have been reversed, if it would have been a story written by an African or something about, you know, um, uh, the color purple. Sure. Yeah. And then you just exchange white people and say, this is a love story to all blonde hair, blue eyed girls everywhere. It'd have been fucking bullshit, and and I even I would go okay, knock it off with that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, Brie Larson wasn't having it because you know when intersectionality means that you can't if you're a feminist you don't just stick up for women you stick up for anybody who is opposed to white men, right? Uh, straight white men, cis white men. That's what they call it. So she said about that movie since it was getting panned by reviewers and panned by audiences, saying this is not. This is not a wrinkle in time. This is not a good story, and it's it's ridiculous. And the story ended up being the, the, it was it was a disaster. It was a mess. Well, I didn't see it. I've so seen I, clips that were. Oh I can't personally say whether or not Oprah it was, was a good it. movie, but the fact that it didn't last for more than like three weeks in the box office, yeah. and it was a it was a uh, commercial flop. Yeah, it had a lot of pro- had a lot of um, promotion. Tells you it. that that movie Oprah was in it. So anyways, so she said this, I don't need a 40-year-old white dude to tell me what didn't work about A Wrinkle in Time. It wasn't made for him. I want to know what it meant for women of color, biracial women, to teen women of color. Am I saying I hate white dudes? No, I'm not. What I'm saying is if you make a movie that is a love letter to women of color, there is an insanely low chance a woman of color will have a chance to see your movie and review your movie. Yeah, that's that's okay. You're so fucking dumb, Bree. First of all, you are saying you hate white dudes. Second of all, the a love letter to uh, young girls of color is not going to be a commercial success. That's fine. Make your hate make your niche movie. It'll probably win some awards. People that that you want to see it will see it. But don't sit there and take a property that's uh, beloved or that has a, a following that people have. Uh, uh, um, a picture of in their mind of how it's supposed to be and totally rewrite it, rework it so that it's something that it's not. And then just use that title to entice people to say, well, look, I'm making a movie about something you love. Come and see it. And then people see it and go, that wasn't the fucking book I loved. 
You know, I can't even believe I'm hearing this from you. It's like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> no, I. the thing I think is so stupid about her saying, I don't want to hear from white men about a movie made for for uh, girls of color. Okay, you know what? I'll give you that. Let's say that. But let's carry that logic through everything. So if uh, John Favreau comes out and makes a... Uh, uh, another Avengers movie where it's just a bunch of white male superheroes kicking the crap out of a bad guy, not, you know, some CGI bad guy. When Brie Larson goes, there are no women in there. There's no diversity. And you just go, shh, 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 Brie, shh. I don't want to hear from a 27 year old white girl yeah. about this movie. This is, this isn't movie. This movie isn't for you. This is for white dudes. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm not even. And she would be like, "You." Can't. She, uh, this is all backstory. We've all we've actually covered this before in one of our podcasts, and but I'm 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 slowly but surely getting to my point, which is something new. So she just recently said she's not going. She's going to. She doesn't like having all these forty year old white men doing the press junket tour stuff, where she goes around and she does the, you know, the shilling the movie, and it's all white men, and she doesn't want that. She's gonna she's gonna pick out you know. Um, you know, biracial, disabled uh, uh, women of color, which I'm not joking. That's pretty much what she did. So you can interview her. Pretty much, yeah. As a, as that's a, how you identify. Yeah, as a self-identified, disabled, lesbian, black. Um, I, you know, I think I'm a teenager now too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trans age now too. I've decided. So there's that. <laughs> I want to hear somebody just interview her and be like, "Bree, bra, bra." Bra, 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 bra. You know what? I think I'm going to get on Twitter have just to do that to her. Tell, don't just uh, message Amazing Lucas and have him do it. He's kind of known for saying that. Yeah, when she, but when she says stuff, he's like, "Bra, bra, 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 bra." So she she brought it up again. She she keeps bringing up that she doesn't want white men being part of this, which is funny because that's the majority of your audience for these superhero flicks. I mean, there, there are women, there are black and Asian. Yeah, there are. And great. Uh, more power. And there should be. Yeah, the more the merrier. That's awesome. But the bulk of your viewership is going to be white males. And, and the thing is, don't shit on them. That's all. That's all we're asking. That's all we're asking. Just don't shit on us. But she can't help it because she really hates us. <laughs> Oh, so getting to my point again, she's going to ruin it. Basically, uh, the movie's tanking. Rotten Tomatoes, which is a a, um, a review aggregator, it does like it's only tanking because the trolls are tanking it. Yeah, so Rotten Tomatoes has uh, it's a website that does um, uh, it, uh, puts pulls all the reviews together and tells you a rating score. If it's sixty or better, it's fresh. If it's under sixty, it's rotten. And they have a critic side, a critic rating. Tomato meter, they call it, and they have the 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 fans side or the viewers side, and those are usually, a lot of times they're synced and sometimes they're at odds. So the reviewers say it's an awesome movie, and the fans say it's stunk or other way around. Well, with this movie, they also have a metric called want to see. So before the movie comes out, they ask people, "Hey, are you excited to see this movie?" And they'll go yes or no, and then they'll give you a percentage based on that. And the percentage it got down to twenty seven percent of people wanting to see this movie, which is one of the lowest that anybody in a major movie release has been. And so Rotten Tomatoes um, bent over backwards. They probably got an earful from Disney who owns the the franchise and, and they got rid of that metric altogether. And they had this post saying, well, we're doing a couple changes and we're not going to have the, um, the, the, the want to see metric anymore because people are confusing that for having seen and ratings. They're thinking it's ratings and we're, and also trolls. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're they're saying that they're um <clears throat> they're going to remove uh they're going to remove the ability of anyone who's not like a certified critic to review a movie before it comes out. Well, but that's fine. I I th- there was no as far as I knew argument about regular people reviewing the movie before it came out. What it was was websites on purpose misconstruing the want to see ratings with reviews. They were saying, "Oh, these People having seen the movie are reviewing it. It's like, you know fucking better that that's not what's happening. It's a want to see rating. It's not a, I've seen this and it sucks. It's, I don't want to see this or I want to see this. You fucking liar. But 
Um, they're saying that everybody that's voting on this don't want to see it. it's all trolls. It's, it's, and when they say trolls, and that's another thing, like I said, the left likes to take words and they, they, they switch the meaning. A troll used to be somebody that would push people's buttons just to get a reaction out of them. Didn't really matter what the subject was. The troll just wanted to get right, get anger or, or get somebody to cry or, you know, that's what a troll was. They were arguing. For the sake of arguing, that's what they were doing. That's a troll, but it's come, it's morphed into anybody that criticizes the left is now a troll. Oh, so Nazis. Yeah, exactly. So if you have any criticism of valid criticism or, or, um, even making fun of somebody on the left is considered trolling. Even if you come at it from, yeah, no, I'm making fun of them because they are ridiculous. Well, that would explain why when I look up the definition of Nazi, the first definition I get is person who disagrees with me. The second one is killed six million Jews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but that's that's what I, that's what I'm talking about with the with the language. So trolls now is anybody on the right who makes fun of the left or criticizes the left or critiques the left. That's a troll. You know what my problem with all the uh, angst and hand wringing over this stuff is? No, you don't. So I'm going to tell you. Um, it's the same thing like when coming up to the Super Bowl or the World Series or anything like that. When people go, well, "What's your prediction for this?" You know what? Who fucking cares what your prediction is? Play the damn game. So either people are trolling it and this movie's going to be awesome and the box office sales will show that or the movie will not be good um, and people won't see it and the box office stuff will show that and none of this is going to matter. They can take down their want to see thing because they say, nope, people really want to see it and the trolls are just wrecking it and the movie comes out and it's Two billion dollars, or whatever it is, two hundred million, or something. Yeah, they they were but, uh, they were um, <clears throat> estimating it like the opening weekend was going to be one hundred and eighty or some shit like that. And now it keeps. And coming now down. it's down to like a hundred, and they're saying, "Oh no, that's still really good." Well, it is. It would. Be. I mean, the movie's not going to f- fail per se until you consider that. Well, it might fail. I mean, until you consider mm, that hard, it's a Marvel movie. It's opening in a weekend that no other major movies are opening. Yeah. So everybody who goes out that weekend is going to see that movie. Yeah. But but if there's this kind of troll uh, movement out there that they call so called that's that's uh, that's influencing people and it and they don't get the opening weekend they want it's it's always downhill after that it doesn't get a spike after the opening weekend so they their opening weekend is everything to them that's why they're doing everything they can to prevent um, critique of it. And uh, it's stupid. But I wanted to, to kind of tie this into, I saw um, Alita Battle Angel, mm-hmm. which is a um, James Cameron movie. Um, Robert Rodriguez directed it, which I was surprised to hear that because it didn't seem like his style um, of direction. But um, it's a, based on a manga, which is a Japanese comic, which I'm not into because I think the Japanese comics, one, I don't like the art style. And two, I think their their storytelling is just odd. Three, you're racist. And yeah, sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> why not? I'm, I'll add that to well, every wait, list. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, that's what Brie, Lash- Brie Larson just tweeted. Okay, so oh, that was the table, by the way. <laughs> that was my shoe. <laughs> uh, so, so I went and saw Alita Battle Angel, and it was it was a fun. And I saw it in a in a really good like an not an IMAX theater, but one of those Sony sound theaters where they got like the base and the seat and everything. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. The The CGI was stunning. It was absolutely just, I mean, it was breathtaking. You could, I could go in and watch that again just for the visuals and just see something new because there's so much going on and so much detail. Um, and the story was a story. It, I mean, it was a popcorn flick. There's nothing fancy about it. It it, it served its purpose as far as I, I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? Just making a little heart with my little hands. Heart with your hands. Okay. Isn't a little uh, preteen love story kind of thing. Yeah, they. I guess the manga doesn't have the the kind of the 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 young adult aspect to it where there's a love story. But who cares? It's about a a, a teenage girl uh, with a teenage girl or a robot body with a teenage girl's brain. Basically, is what it is. A cyborg, and but she's like 300 years old or some shit like that. I don't know if I'm spoiling anything there, but anyway. Um, the messaging is what's important about this because it didn't have any SJW bullshit in it. It had a strong female lead, but she was still feminine and she, she kicked ass, but it wasn't like you go girl and men suck. It wasn't nothing like that. There was no, you, you got out of it what you wanted out of that. It, it wasn't, no, there was no heavy handed messaging in this. So, 
um, it was good. And and we guys, us white, middle-aged white men or younger, we we like seeing women in movies that are kick-ass. We like seeing Sigourney Weaver and Alien kick-ass. We like seeing Linda Hamilton and Terminator, uh, Terminator 2 be this kind of asking character. We like seeing... Angelina Jolie in Tomb Raider. We liked seeing. No, we didn't. Uh, Not Angelina Jolie in Tomb Raider. No. Well, part of it was just looking at her. But, anywho, uh, Mila Jolovich in all the Resident Evil movies. Yep. They're dumb movies. Yep. They're dumb, but they're fun. And she was cool. You're like, okay, she's sexy. That doesn't hurt. But she's cool, too. And she was, she was a kick ass character. So we don't dislike kick ass car- women, badass women. We just dislike the shitting on men part. <laughs> That's yeah. the part we don't like. You know, you can you can have a kick-ass woman, and we can appreciate that without you saying, "Yeah, but fuck men too." Right? Am I right? No, you're not fucking right. And you're gonna we're gonna prove it by your your movie's gonna fucking tank. So, anyways, um, and then another aspect of this, uh, uh boy, I've been talking a lot about this, but uh, Brie Larson promoted through a hashtag promoting a a charity that was um trying to raise money to buy tickets for underprivileged girls to go see Captain Marvel. Isn't that beautiful? That's that's a great charity. Yeah, raise, uh, I see your hands up over there, Rooster. You have something? You have a uh, question? I have a question. Yes. Um, doesn't that seem a little self-serving? <laughs> hmm, to, come to think to of it. To a charity to get people to give money to have underprivileged kids see your movie. Yeah, well, she didn't start the charity, but she did hashtag support it. Okay, uh, your hands up again, Rooster. Um, I, I just had a question. Um, do you think uh, do you think that that would still be self serving? <laughs> yeah, and that maybe just come by, to think of it, you just might hear by it. saying, "Well, I didn't start it; oh. I just participated in it as the star of the movie." Yeah, who benefits more from? Yeah, but she has to. She has to let g- little girls know that they can be fierce, right? Okay. Uh, uh, just another follow up okay. question. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, when girls are fierce, what does that mean? Yes, Queen Slay. I'm sorry, still doesn't help me. You go, girl. Uh, no, not, 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 none of that's ringing a bell, huh? I don't speak EU language. Well, it's because you're a cis white male. Yeah, I just I don't understand what it means when a woman says I'm fierce. I'm 99 percent beast. What does that mean? Well, yeah, probably, probably because they don't even know what it means because it was the drag community that came up with that bullshit. (laughs) It was, it was men that came up with that. (laughs) Maybe RuPaul and shit. (laughs) Did you hear he got, he got, uh, ostracized for using the word tranny? Yeah. Yeah. If if RuPaul, (laughs) he's a drag queen, by the way, if you don't know. Like a uh, six RuPaul, foot nine. Yeah, RuPaul can't say tranny. You better work, bitch. But, <laughs> but anyway, so that was her charity that she promoted that basically says, hey, spend money on tickets for my movie. And, you know, help these little girls, I guess, that, you know, these hungry, starving little girls, they need to see a fierce woman so they can feel fierce. And that'll, that'll, that'll at least alleviate their hunger, right? By the way, just real quick, who has a problem with RuPaul? I mean, he's a, he's a six foot nine, Gay black guy who made a whole character out of dressing up like a woman. It's not like I, I wouldn't have a problem with RuPaul. I do have a problem with the with the with the uh, tran- uh, not tranny, the um, drag queen. Yeah, I know, uh, but I mean, agenda nowadays that's pissing me off. He doesn't seem to have an agenda. He just he personally, I don't know if he does or not, but he has been um, with these. He's been associated with these like young, these eleven, twelve year old uh, drag boy things, and he's been. Oh, he has. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, okay. you need to step back from. I mean, he used to be. Like, yeah, if you want to dress like a woman and have your little drag shows, great. No problem. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I may have even seen a couple of them. You may. Shocking. <laughs> but um, back to the, what I was saying. We So that was her charity. So Alita Battle Angel had something they did, too, for young, young for kids. Not just girls, but for kids. Um, James Cameron went with a company that produces prosthetics for kids and kind of helped um, – create more stylish, you know, um, um, designs for their prosthetics and they were functional. He didn't want to just make arms that looked cool. He wanted them to actually work. And so he went with his company and they came up with different styles and they, um, are producing them and putting them out. And I, I, I think part of it is that they're either getting them, giving it a drastically reduced price or, or free to certain um, agencies and charities. And one girl that was born with a, with a, with a meningitis that made her lose her arms from like the below the elbow down. And she's been on 
uh, social media, I think, put, you know, doing makeup and all that and kind of made a name for herself and has such a great attitude. James Cameron says, we want to give her some of these arms. So they flew her down to like, um, be part of the premiere, but they were going to do an interview first. And she didn't know when she showed up, they're like, here's your new arms. And she was like, wow. So they popped them on and she's making fists with them and all that. It looked really cool. And they had her at the premiere and, um, showing off the arms. It was actually really cool. And, you know, and not, you know, to, to steal a word from them, that's annoying, empowering, empowering. <laughs> you know, it is, it's, it's, it, and it's a legitimate way to say, Hey, you know, um, we're actually helping out. It's it, yeah, we're promoting our movie obviously, but we are doing good too. And, and it's kind of a whole feel good thing. And she was happy to be part of it. And, um, it, it's good for kids in general, not just little girls, but little boys. And, um, you got that juxtapose that against Brie Larson's, um, hashtag, uh, you know, I'm with Brie or whatever. I'm with well, Captain but Marvel then, shit. Uh, the Alita thing we're talking about, Brie Larson showed up and punched that little girl. I didn't think that was fair. <laughs> I think that was nice. I mean, right there, just I'll show you arms. Boom! Yeah. Right there, just smoked her. That's mean. Well, I mean, yeah, because she's and and you know what she should because James Cameron is a dick. Yeah, I mean to do that to that exploit that little girl like that yeah. for his movie. I can't even say it with a straight face. That's just, <laughs> that's just you know, I I know people will say, oh, that's that's also self serving. He's doing it, it, it around is his a little movie. bit. There's nothing wrong with doing doing well by doing good for others. And, you know? and, and knowing that since you have such a big uh, profile and that people are going to see it, that you can draw attention to that, I, I, that makes sense to me. If you go, you know what, this is a good time. People are interested in, in my product or my show. And this is a good time to promote a charity that's, that's, yeah, um, that could be tied into this because that would get people more interested in it and get more money for that charity. It's a, it's, it's a synergy thing, I guess, you know? I would, f- I'll say this. I would feel differently if Brie Larson said, I'm writing a check for $100,000 to buy tickets to distribute for kids to see my movie. Although it's still self-serving because it, it, it yeah, but she's spending yeah, her money. But it contributes to your bottom line of your movie. It, it, I, I, right, I see but, that it makes more sense. It's it's a, it's more forgiving. But think about it this way: say she's even getting revenue from the movie, right? That she gets more money. Well, than, not even the money, but just the prestige of having a good movie that makes right. good money. But I mean, if she says if she did this movie. And she made $10 million making the movie and said, I'm turning around and giving all $10 million away to charity, um, you know, or whatever, or I'm buying $10 million worth of tickets to my movie or something. Okay. Yeah. I would rather buy $10 million worth of coats for girls that need yeah, coats. I, I get it. But the point is, it's like that old saying in a, in a um, ham and eggs breakfast, the chicken's involved, but the pig is committed. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's just involved. It's hashtag I'm with Brie. Hey, you people, give us your money so that they can buy tickets to my movie. Yeah. I mean, that's that's as virtuous as, you know, people who say, well, we should tax money from other – I should be able to tax money from other people to give it to the people I want to give it to. That's not noble. Yeah. It's theft. Yeah. I, I think she would have been better served, though, doing a charity that didn't directly give money to her movie. It would – I agree. You know, but uh, we're getting coming up on time here. We want to talk about we're coming up on the this is the 49th episode. We're coming up on 50. And guess what? We did miss a couple of weeks. So that would this would be this would be coming up in a year. Also, 52 weeks in a year. Yeah, pretty close. I so think uh, I think our 50th episode since I think we did miss a total of two episodes. Um, I think. No, we right. first our first one we published in February sometime hmm. of 2018. I don't recall missing more than two, though. Yeah, we're off by a little bit. Okay. Anyhow, anywho, we're going to call it uh, a, year. a year. And so the 50th episode's coming up, the next episode after this one. And we're going to do a challenge. I've decided. You have. That we're going to do a challenge. Well, Rooster came up. He said, we should do something special. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to do this Astroming challenge. And I was sad I have said it. <laughs> and if, for those of you, we've talked about this before, but this Astroming challenge, that's, if you look it up online, um, there's a video posted of a, of a father opening a can of, uh, fermented Swedish fish, um, in front of his wife and daughters. And if they can handle it, um, they get better presents or extra presents. She gets diamonds. The little girl gets a, a bike or something. No, the littlest one gets something and the other one gets a bike. Surstroming is like, there's a scale for, um, pepper heat. What is that? Scoville. Scoville. There's also a scale, which, whose name I can't remember right now for, like most rancid smelling foods 
And the surstroming, it's a canned fermented fish. It's basically got enough salt on it to stop it from rotting. Yeah, it's because they actually didn't have enough salt to preserve um, food. And so they had to figure out another way to preserve food. And they, they did it by fermenting it. But did you know that – so this stuff's manufactured in Sweden, mm-hmm. right? You're not allowed by Swedish law to open any can of it before August 3rd of the same year it's canned in. So if you're opening a can of this before August 3rd, you've got a can of this stuff that's over a year old. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> so what we're going to do – it's for our 50th episode. We have the Facebook page. Right now, we have 22 likes on it. If we get to 50 likes on the Facebook page, we will do a video of us doing the Sir Stroming Challenge. A face reveal video. Sure. <laughs> we will do a video of us well, doing you gotta, it. Well, we got to see your expression when you try to eat this. I've actually done the Sir Stroming Challenge before, and I think I can handle it again. You never know. Someday you might have a little bit of a wonky stomach one day and it just, it'll all come out. So, uh, I'm pretty sure Rooster's not going to be able to handle it. But if he does, uh, more power to him. I think he'll, he might be able to handle the stench for a while, but he's got to take a bite and that's where it's going to get him. <laughs> so you got to give us some likes so, so that we can film this and put it up and you get to see it. Well, you're doing it again too. It's not just me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we'll do it in the second bunker because we don't want to just totally destroy the first bunker, you know, with, with the stench and, and that lingers. So uh, we'll do it the second bunker, and uh, it'll be good times. Good times. Um, we'll ha- I'll have the, the plastic line trash bin ready for you and myself, and uh, we'll film it, and we'll put it on YouTube, and that'll be a little bonus. Is If we get to 50 likes? Yeah, if we get to 50 likes. Sounds good. So whatever you do, do not like the Facebook page. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> All right. So if you want to get in contact with us, it's a rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. There's also a Facebook page, uh, Bread and Circuses Podcast, which I now no longer encourage you to go to. <laughs> do not go there. Do not like stuff. I mean it. I don't want to eat this shitty fish. <laughs> See you. Bye. Bye.